and clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. <clears throat> Let's pause. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the challenges that you bring us so that we can become more like you. Because, Lord, that's the goal, that we'd be transformed into the image of the beloved Son, that we wouldn't hold our own lives dear, and that we wouldn't stay stuck. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, well, then do I have a message for you? So it's taken us a number of weeks. We've been working through uh, Luke chapter 6 for months. It is a very long chapter. Uh, and Jesus, it's, it's, it's his first uh, sermon, so, so to speak, that's recorded in Luke. And he comes right out of the gate and he says to you and me and the people listening to him, in fact, he even says, if you're listening, this is what I want you to do. And the reason that I wanted us to look at this sacred reading is it kind of leads us in uh, to that feeling. Because when you think about forgiveness and all those things, there's a feeling attached to it, right? That, and there's, there's this angst. It's like, what do I do? And so Jesus comes right out of the gate and says, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is what you have to do. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you'll never get this. You'll never get what he's saying right here. Are you ready to hear what he says? And he's, he's coming off something we talked about a few weeks ago, and I'll read it to you. It's verse 22, 622. It says, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you, when they reject you. Those are like four things that we don't like. I mean, how do you like it when people hate you? You know, it's like, oh man, I'm just feeling so good about that person. You know, how about when they exclude you? It's like, uh, oh, you weren't invited to that? No, sorry. You know, it's like, what? How about when they insult you? And then, of course, when they reject your name as evil, you know, he says it this way, when they reject your name as evil, not only are you rejected, but they're actually attributing to you that you're evil. When you, you're like, I'm just trying to be a good guy. I'm just trying to love people. And they're saying, you Christians, you're, you're whatever phobic you are. And you're like, oh, What? And then he says this in verse 27. He's continuing his thought. But to you who are listening, listen, love your enemies. Do good. Serve them to those who hate you. Bless, speak well of those who curse you. Pray for them. Ask God's best on them, those who mistreat you. We can stop there for a minute. <laughs> There's a reason he's saying this. And it's, it's so radical that the entire gospel is wrapped up in this very statement. I mean, this is 
the antithesis of everything hum- human in us, isn't it? It doesn't take much, like Leonard said. The littlest thing can set us off. I mean, anybody who uses social media knows that you can, you can say anything, and somebody will, will say the, the, op- you know, the opposite. You know, that's why I don't post anything. I'm afraid of being insulted, excluded, hated, rejected. So instead, I'm silent, which is probably better because it says even a fool is thought to be wise when they don't open their mouth. So everybody must think, this is the wisest guy on the Internet. He doesn't say a thing. So anyway, but this statement here, it's like right out of the gate, he's like, okay, this is it. You want to be in? You want to be in on following me? This is how we're going to be. And here's the reason, is because we were so lost. We were, God had the ability to hate us because we hate him, to reject us, to call us who we really are, sinners, right? And to exclude us, but instead he did not. The good news is none of us should be in this room listening to what I'm talking about today. None of us. But as Maria said, you've been chosen to have your ears opened and realize I am the worst human on the earth. And therefore, since God had mercy on me, I must see my life now in view of that mercy for everyone else, the worst of the worst. Because the only way that the gospel works is when the people of God love everyone. Now you're already thinking in your mind, everyone? (laughs) See, because we live in this polarized world. Everything you listen to is trying to divide your mind away from others. You know that. Anything you listen to on media is trying to keep us separated and and to make us choose whether we will love people based on what they do or even who they are or where they come from or whether we will love them as God loves us. Everybody in? Good so far? And I was thinking, I was with Danielle for like three weeks. This is hard. Why would God do this? Why would, why would Jesus come out the gate like this? It's because if we don't get this, we can't get anything. If we don't realize who God saved, and then reflect that back to everyone else and say, I can't believe God had mercy on me. So I must have mercy on every other person. It's radical. But the only way they can see the love of God is when we do this. If we're polarized like everybody else, those, whoever, choose a category to not like, you know, politically or economically or, you know, wherever they they live racially, I know how it is, because people that are different from us, 
we don't embrace right away. How do I know this? Because Jesus goes on. Well, let's, let's, let's go to this first. Verse 29, he says, if someone slaps you on the cheek, just go ahead. Turn the other one. Now, now if somebody slaps you, is that, is that rejection? Now, when was the last time somebody slapped you? I got punched in the face once, sucker punched, when I was in the Air Force. It was, a, it was kind of a thing. I was having an argument with a guy, and we were arguing. And then all of a sudden, he just punched me. And I knew that the argument had been escalated at that point. <laughs> I didn't know what to do, because it was out of the, when you're sucker punched, you're like, it's really out of the blue. So I turned the other cheek. No, I didn't. I just stepped back and said, <laughs> what was that? Uh, anyway, I won't give you the whole story, but when it, this is a radical rejection. And it, it's possible that Jesus was talking about in, in the synagogue when they didn't like you or when they wanted you out, they would backhand you across your face. And Jesus is saying, when people reject you, go ahead and still be open to them anyway. Okay, then he says, if someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. This is called Christian nudism. Just kidding. <laughs> Just making sure you guys are still awake. All right. It's like, you got my coat, man. Go ahead, take my shirt. You know. What's he saying? Again, I'm going to be open to you even if you steal from me. Now, we've talked about this before. When somebody, when you, you've been stolen from, everybody here has been stolen from at least once, right? Uh, okay, good. <laughs> There's something that's radically violating about that because we're so attached to our stuff. It's like, this is my stuff. And Jesus is saying, detach yourself from your stuff because the person that stole it from you is more important than your stuff. Or they needed it more. And of course, we know God will get them. Leave room for the wrath of God. <laughs> That's my favorite verse. <laughs> Leave room for the wrath of God. Uh, but this is what he's calling us to. And then he says, okay, if somebody asks you for something, um, if anyone takes what, uh, what belongs to you, don't demand it back. And in this, he's, he, he's, he's basically saying, I'm not going to keep records of what everybody owes me. I'm sure most of you have probably lent somebody some money. Anybody? Anybody lend some money to someone? Okay. Today we get an opportunity to say, no one owes me anything. <laughs> You're like, but, 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 but. It says right here, Jesus says, don't demand it back. Lend freely. Even give. What's he doing here? We are so attached to our stuff. We're attached to our stuff and we're attached to our money. How many are attached to their money? Okay, okay. You, you like your money, right? You don't want it to go anywhere. You hate when you lose money, right? Okay, now, quick, quick back up here. Was Jesus ever slapped? He was beaten beyond recognition before the cross. 
In fact, they blindfolded him and they smacked him and they said, prophesy to us. So does Jesus know what he's talking about here? <clears throat> now, did they take his coat? They took all his clothes. I remember the first time I heard someone say that Jesus was crucified naked on the cross. In the Catholic Church, you know, they put a nice little loincloth around him. It's like, just to make it cool, you know, make it like, it's okay. Because that would be too much for us. Because there's something about being naked in front of others, the whole world. And yet, that's how Jesus, he gave his life with all of it. All right, you getting me here? I wasn't plan on talking like this this morning, but I'm, just, I'm so challenged by this that I'm like, Jesus, I'm preaching to myself, okay? I'm going to watch this later at double speed because I, I preach better at double speed than I, I do at single speed. Um, so don't demand it back. Okay, let's move on. Do to others, oh no, yes, do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, how many have ever stolen somebody, something from someone? Anybody? Anybody? I remember, I, I think I was in the first grade, and I stole another kid's watch. I had to have it. I was over at a friend's house. I stole his watch. It's one of my first lessons in thieving. Don't worry, I've stolen other things since. Not, not lately, but... <clears throat> I've broken that commandment. You have too. Yes? Okay. Do unto others. Now, if people stole from you, what would you want them to do to you? Give it back, right? And maybe with a little extra. Maybe a note. Right? Jesus is trying to get us to feel this understanding that we want to give people more than, they, than, than they've been taken from, right? So they don't deserve it, even like we don't deserve it, right? Do unto others as you would have them to, to you. So if you've stolen something, what would you like for them to do? Lock them up. No, you'd want them to forgive you, Right? You'd want them to come to you and say, we see what you've done. It was wrong, but we forgive you and love you anyway. <clears throat> because that's what God's done with us. Now, that's a good point that it's okay. God is honest with us. We're, we're in bad shape. But he loves us anyway. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, I wasn't actually going to talk through this, but, I, but it's just too good. And, we, and we'll come back to a couple of these things. Okay. And then he says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to, to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment... What credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. And then he says it again. But love your enemies. 
Do good to them. Lend to them. Without expecting to get anything back. Okay. Now there's this cultural thing that goes on all the time. If you guys are good to me, I will love you. If you promise to come to church every week or every, every third week, I will love you. For those who have left the church but you're still watching online, if you come back, I will love you. This is called cultural love. The love of our culture. It's like if I agree with your political stance, you know, orange man good, orange man bad, then I love you. But if you don't, I assign you to hell. <clears throat> How do we know this? Because we're not covering it today, but the next set of verses after this is don't judge. <laughs> that you won't be judged. <laughs> because we love to judge people that are different from us. Oh, Lord, I won't get that far today. I, wanna, I want us to stick here. So Jesus is saying we have to go beyond the culture. We have to go way beyond the culture. That Christians love those that are evil to us. If they have a different, and we're, we're, we're not even on the playing field, are we? Because we, we, I mean, on the political scope, some people can't get along with other people politically. And, and that's one of the, well, I'm not, I won't digress here, but we, we need to detach from this, this world to put all our hope in God and to fix our eyes on Jesus. Everybody, amen? Okay, got, got one amen here. No, we got everybody. Because, you know, all of this is going to pass away. I, I was telling a friend of mine, I have seen a lot of presidents now. I'm old. I had a birthday recently. I'm not going to tell you how old, but I got older. And all of a sudden, I got old, and I've been through a lot of presidents. And not one president has ever changed my life. But Jesus did. When I met Jesus, it changed everything. And so... What we need, and the reason that we, we forward this gospel that, that loves enemies, is because what the world needs is Jesus. They don't need a different president. Well, we might need a different president. <laughs> okay, don't hate me. <laughs> we need a whole bunch of different presidents. I mean, you know, that, that's, that's true. But this world is quickly passing. We're going to be absent from it soon enough. And then the world will continue on. You know, when the Bible was written, they had like these dictator guys that just used to you know, do whatever they wanted. And Jesus in the midst of that, you notice that he got crucified? Remember that part? And what did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them. Wow. That's intense. Okay, so I, I entitled this thing. You're like, what? Now he's just starting? Right. Okay, how your enemies are actually your friends. Because <laughs> they do three things for us. <laughs> okay, the first thing your enemy does for you is it, it, they reveal your heart. Because as Leonard said, it doesn't take much for us to get offended. 
Jesus has another teaching about offense, you know. He says that all offenses come from your heart, not from without you, not from, not from outside of you. It's like, what? All my offenses are not your fault? They're because you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to change your life in such a way that you're like Jesus. And so when, when you're offended or rejected or hurt, that's an opportunity for you to say, Lord, make me like you. You're all going, I don't want to be a Christian that much. <laughs> Which brings us to Rodney's point. Without the Holy Spirit, you're, you're sunk. But you have to open your life to the Holy Spirit's work. And it's work. The hard part is not forgiving the person. The hard part is allowing the Holy Spirit to change your heart so that you will forgive them. I've been, I mean, you pastor for 30 years, you get rejected at least twice. (laughs) We used to have a really big church now. All the other people have now offended me, those people that left, wherever they are. Thank you, you, the five of you that have remained. It's it's really helped helped my ego. Um, But sometimes on the way out, people like... you know, they'll stomp on you. And, and no, but, it, but what you can either internalize it from a human standpoint and then blame them, or you can say, Lord, make me like you. Teach me to detach from my own way so that I can embrace your way. And Danielle, it is a process. Like I said, 30 years of pastoral rejection. <laughs> Every once in a while, it still hits me. It's like, oh. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Don't leave, don't leave me, man. Don't leave me. I always love, uh, especially those that say, Pastor, we are with you to the end. Man, we are following. We are, you are, we are taking you. We are going places. We are never leaving. <laughs> yeah, before the rooster, <laughs> before the rooster crows. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. Jesus had to work through that, right? And I was like, you know, Jesus always gets the last word, though, right? Peter, you love me. <laughs> Peter, you love me. Peter, you love me. Feed my sheep. Okay, okay, we're having too much fun here, and. This is not about me, but it's about what Jesus is wanting to do in me. And I can't believe that after walking with Jesus for a long time, that when I read Love Your Enemies, I haven't just said, wow, of course. Of course. That just makes sense. (laughs) Because that's what Jesus does. Okay, so your enemies are your friends because they reveal your heart that you still need work. Your enemies are your friends because they reveal the heart of God. This is what it says. It says, but love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And here's your reward. And you will be children of the Most High God. Because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked 
Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Dude, that's rocks. Because when people hurt us, it gives us an opportunity to go ahead and say, I cannot believe God was merciful to me. I don't know about you, but I was a sinner before I came to Christ. Anybody here that was also a sinner? <laughs> my, my wife was not. She was like, she came to Christ at like four years old and she just became more like, like Jesus as she grew. <laughs> I, I, I was the opposite. I was like, you know, really bad guy, really needed Jesus. He's had mercy on me and I'm like, ah, yeah. And he chose me. And I'm still trying to figure it out. Why would you choose this idiot? I can say like Paul, worst to sinners. That's why. Because he likes to love and reveal his mercy to people that really don't deserve it. And guess who really doesn't deserve it besides you? Besides you, Tom. <laughs> Everyone else. And the only way they'll see it is when the Christians will reflect it back to them. We're it, guys. We are the light of the world. We have to learn to love our enemies. Okay, so your enemies are your friends because they reveal the heart of God. Let's read a couple of things. For God so loved the world. Are you in there? Okay. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Verse 10. For if, this is Romans 5.10, says, For if, while we were God's enemies, sound like something Jesus was talking about? We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Everybody thinks they were just a little sinner. God needed to save me a little bit, because I was just a little bit broken. And we weren't. We were completely helpless, an enemy of God. And he said, I will love you, and I will show mercy to you. That's us. Awesome. Okay. Your enemies are your friends because they set you free to become like Jesus. Do you know it's not until you interact with a person that doesn't like you the way you want them to like you that you have to go on the inside and say, I have to deal with this pain. I know all of your parents were perfect and that you've never had to forgive them for anything. I always say it's right around 40 years old when you realize, especially if you have children, my parents probably tried their best with me. <laughs> Unfortunately, they were working with me. <laughs> the sinner, the sinner kid, right? Uh, anyway, I won't preach that message either. Um, <clears throat> Jesus wants to set us free to love like he loves so that the glory of God will be shown on the whole earth. Okay, let me see if I've got a couple of more things.
So let's think about the last time someone hurt you. I want you to feel this. Anybody been hurt lately? Okay. Now I'll tell you what happens. You know, like I said, past years, it's not about my biography, but after a while, you, your heart just gets callous. And you just don't care. This is, what, this, is, this is what happens if you don't let the Holy Spirit work on you. See, if the Holy Spirit works on you, he keeps massaging your heart and says, stay open, give him the shirt, go semi-naked, don't close up. But what happens if you get beat up enough times, your heart just gets rubbed and rubbed and rubbed until there's a big callus on it. And then you don't let anybody in, even God. And then you're like, oh, shoot. Now I'm wondering, why don't I hear God anymore? (laughs) It's because you've gone calloused in your heart. And you're not tender anymore because when you stop being tender to your enemies, you stop being tender to God. And he wants you free. Okay. Now, I was in jail once or twice, or three times. Actually, it was four times. (laughs) There's something about being locked up that makes you want to not be locked up. Every one of us who is not forgiving from the heart is in a prison. And Jesus is saying, all of you, if you don't get this first lesson of my sermon, if you will not forgive and love everyone in the world, you are going to stay imprisoned for your whole life. And I want you free. And so he says, read it again. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. The one power we have is to forgive, which is the most powerful thing in the entire universe because it's what happened to us. And we get to be most like Jesus when we say, I forgive you. I will have mercy on you. You don't deserve it, but either did I. And now I'm going to take the power of forgiveness that you've given me, and now I'm going to extend it to everyone else. What would the world be like if that happened? All right, a couple practical things. There's people in your household that you can get offended by. Forgive them, love them, detach the feeling from your love for them. Jesus begins and he says, hey, I want you to bless your enemies, pray for your enemies. I want you to kill them with kindness, the same way that I did. All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And now if anybody needs to forgive anybody in the room... (laughs) Let us begin.
Uh, let us pause. Forgive as he's forgiven us. And I'm going to read you, read you a poem, which is a song that kept coming to my mind as I, as, uh, I was looking at this scripture. Lord, we are in your hands. We know that you didn't just say this for our mental, like, oh yeah, love your enemies. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'm not going to do that. But instead, you're wanting to reveal your mercy, the depth of our sin, our offense to you, and the depth of your love and your mercy towards us. And now we get to take that same beautiful clothing of love to this world. The enemy would love to keep us bound, offended in this world by those close and far. Lord, when we hear things that tap our hearts and say, oh boy, I'm mad at that, may that instead draw us to you and say, how did Jesus make me like you? Somehow or another, you were able to love through that. And Lord, that each time we experience these things in our heart, may it draw us back to your life, the life that you've called us to. We know the world won't get this. They only love those that love them. But we want to be like Jesus, who loves beyond the sin. Thank you for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name. All right. Amen. All right. So this song was going through my mind uh, each time I came to this. And uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's an old hill song. So it's about 15 years old. But it's, uh, it's called Where the Love Lasts Forever. And I'm going to just read it to you as a poem this morning. As we close, it says, Your mercy found me upon the broken road and lifted me beyond my failings. Into your glory, my sin and my shame dissolved. And now forever, I'm yours, I'll stand in love never to end. To call you more than Lord, my glorious friend. So I throw my life upon all that you are, because I know that you gave it all for me. And when all else fades, my soul will dance with you, where the love lasts forever. Be bathed in God's mercy. It's the gospel that we're talking about here. The gospel is, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And while others are yet sinners, Jesus died for them too. Love them. And where you can't find the love, go to God and say, Lord, give me your love so that I can be clothed in your fullness. Amen. Amen. All right.
Thank you all. Thank you for joining us. Those are online. Those that are here, uh, Dean and Judy have prepared a wonderful lunch for us. So uh, that's what we'll be doing next. Uh, God bless you. Uh, hopefully the Lord won't test what we talked about today. Uh, <laughs> that's what I always hate about preaching. You know, you're talking and then you're like, oh no, now I've got to, I got to go into the week, uh, a, a week. No, Noah's getting off on that. It's like, yeah, dude. Okay. That's right. Love those that hate you. So bring it on, bring it on. It's like, pastor, you're the worst pastor that's ever existed. Thank you. I appreciate the encouragement. Okay. I love you anyway. All right, have a great day, and uh, we'll see you soon.